for the beats, for the love, for the alcohol, for the party. <laughs> One time like, okay. <laughs> Letting the kick ride, letting the snare roll, letting the bottle pour, cups in the airflow. Love what you hear though, everything black. Feel like the beat is everything, well then everything's back. <laughs> letting the speakers blast, letting the beats run. Word to the crate digging, word to machine drums. Get used to it as we proceed. <laughs> black radio for the lover, just the beat. Everything is black, everything is black, everything is black, yeah, everything is black. The kick gone knock, the snare gone crack, and everything is black, everything is black. Everything is black, everything is black, everything is black, yeah, everything is black. The bottle gone pour, the speakers gone crack, and everything is black, everything is black, everything is black. Black chat, black chat, black chat, black chat, Intense. Hey, that's yeah. intense. That was like for the world came to an us. end. The world came that to was an like, end. That was like, oh, the final episode. Debris was falling down for eight hours. Yeah, I think <laughs> I felt. Uh, I, and we were standing there like this. Definitely, definitely felt like some shrapnel on my neck from that. For bad fucking long, like right. bad explosions. A- and atomic shit. bomb. That was bad. That was bad. That was like, Kim Jong <laughs> Kim Jong Un is here. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, shout to North Korea. Uh, welcome to Blab Chat episode 78. Yep. I go by the name Illmind. This is Blab Chat. Uh, you ready to know? Oh, no. oh, wait, hold up. Booty. But shout out to Illmind. Great producer. Oh. Save that shit for Illmind podcast. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Um, this is Blab Chat episode 78. Uh, once again, I go by the name Illmind. Um, here are my amazing co hosts. Glam. Hey. Good lyrics and music. <laughs> How goes it? How goes it? How goes it? <laughs> That's the snacks over Who's here. this handsome fellow over here? Yo, yo. Oh, no, 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 that was the plug. One word. That was the plug. Google me. At last. Go- he said Google me. <laughs> Atlas like uh, the world. We have, another, world. we have another co-host, uh, Perfection. She couldn't be here today. She's yeah. working. No, she, she's working things. She's grinding. Mm-hmm. Grinding. Grind. Malibu Beach. Malibu Beach. Josh has a shirt on uh, that says Malibu Beach, Beach on it. And, and I say beach and sheet. And beach. Sheet. Malibu Beach. Beach. And it literally says Malibu Beach. Malibu Beach. <laughs> Oh Beach. man, today is blush day. Me and Glam matching. Hold on, let's stand up real quick. Oh yeah, look at that salmon, salmon day. Salmon. Salmon day. Salmon. Uh, Alice, you got some salmon on a little bit. Oh. You got some no, salmon. Alice got seaweed, seaweed pants. No, he got some carne asada. He got some carne asada. Got some green, some oranges, some guacamole, yeah, got a little, a little gumbo going cucumber on. Cucumber water. Little cucumber water. A little spring. Gumbo. Spring summer vibes, ground spring turkey. vibe. You know? Yep. Ground turkey. But well, we here, it's man. Episode beans. 78. Um, yes. We've been kind of sporadic with the episodes because it's summertime. You know, we, there's, there's a lot of a lot of scheduling and all that stuff. But um, we're here uh, and we're happy to be here, man. Um, it's been a long time. So definitely a lot has happened uh, in the past week. Uh, I feel like we missed. We looked over a few things. Um but there's some. Let's start with some music. There was some great music that dropped recently. Mm-hmm. Atlas is saying J Rock is still his favorite of the year. Hands down, hands down. J Rock's yeah. album right now. It's the earliest album yeah, of the year for me personally. Yeah. The album is fire, front to back. Every record, like the sequence on it, yep. is is dope. You know, yeah. so it's it's still on my uh, playlist. Yep. 
Shout out to all the producers that are on there too. I think Cardo's on there. Dahi. Soundwave. Soundwave. Um, oh, who else is on there? A couple other guys. But shout out to all the producers that are on the album. Mm-hmm. TDE's having a, a hell of a run so far. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like every year they're they're doing stuff. So shout to them. Schoolboy's uh, coming, right? Schoolboy's school coming school boys for coming. sure. Um, and then uh, there were some good releases that just dropped. Chan- did you guys hear Chance's new songs? I did, I did not. Chance the Rapper? I did not. I, I, uh, I skimmed over him. I, I still got to sit with him, but um, I liked what I heard okay. for sure. Yeah, he he's in his Chance bag, and I think um, it's been a while since he dropped music, right? Right. Like oh, a couple years, I think. I can't even remember the last <laughs> yeah. joint he dropped. Yeah, it's been a minute, but um, sounds like Chance is back. So um, shout the Chance. Um, what else dropped? Wiz. Wiz. Wiz yes. dropped. That Rolling Papers fire. Yo, go get that Rolling Papers too. Uh, album is fire. Shout out to my man TM88, 808 Mafia. Um, he did a bunch of stuff on there. Shout to Sledgerin too. Sledge did a bunch of shit on there, man. Um, I really want to work with him, man. He's dope. So, um, shout the Rolling Papers too, Wiz with the drop. Uh, some other Fab, I mean, a bunch of stuff. Fab dropped a new Fab. song. I mean, we're not gonna yep. count it, but you know, Drake. But that's what I've been listening. Drake, to. Drake, yeah, Drake Scorpion is still still yeah. in the in the. I like it in the streams. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's a good album, man. Man, oh, I've seen it, that. I've seen that Keisha dance the thing. To oh Keisha. yeah, it's all over. The Keisha, yep. I for so many times. I know the dance now. I've seen it that many. That times. many times. I'm not gonna do it, but I'm saying uh, I, I did it. I I, I did know. it over the, the, the weekend. Carters, Let's see it. Let's the, see the, it. the Carters too. The Carters. That's a good album. Kiki, do you love me? Are you right? <laughs> My own version. My own version. Um, Carter's album. Yup, Glam. Yup. Carter's album is really good. Mm-hmm. Shout to J and B. B. Shout to the Beehive. The Beehive. Excuse me. Um, yeah, so man, a lot to talk about. Um, I'm coming back, uh, or I just came back from uh, the Bay. Hey. I was in the Bay. <laughs> the Bay hometown. Town I didn't get to go to Oakland. On? I really wanted to go to it's Oakland. It's okay. Just make sure you mob deep. Yeah, I should. So I went to I went to Seattle first. I did my Pass the Ox event. For those of you who don't know, I've been traveling to different cities every month and sitting with upcoming producers. Uh, I basically choose like a secret studio location and I invite 20 or so upcoming music producers and there's some artists to come through to the studio, play me some music, do, do some constructive criticism and answer questions and vibe out and network. It's just a really, really dope event. We filmed the whole thing. So you can watch all the footage from that stuff on my YouTube channel, uh, Ill My Vision. Um, but yeah, so I went to Seattle first and then we were in the Bay. And so the first, I did two nights in San Francisco. And the first night I went, I didn't realize that people from San Francisco don't like referring to it as San Fran, right? Is that true? Like it's kind of like locals don't really... I Fuck mean, with San Fran. It's like SF or the SF, Bay. Frisco. Frisco. The Bay, right? Or not? Yeah, I've really. only heard Frisco. Nobody knows goes like, are you going to San Francisco or San yeah. Fran? San Fran is like a no no, yeah. apparently. Or they're just like, you going over the bridge. Yeah, so yeah, I fucked like- up. <laughs> anyway, I fucked up and I said, yo, what up, San Fran? And uh, I was like, so no, they didn't boo me. <laughs> I'm just I'm just like, what up, San like, Fran? <laughs> wait, that wasn't the reaction I wanted. Hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, um San Francisco, the bay. It was crazy, oh, man. man the, I think this was one of the cities I went to, right, Josh, where there's like a legit signature sound. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a literally a bay sound. 
like a northwest sound that like you can't really match like all the other cities i've been to there's been like kind of a gumbo of sounds like you have some trap shit you have some boom bap shit you have soulful stuff but like out in san francisco like there was a there was a consistency with the with the beats and i just thought that was super dope man and there's so much talent out there mm-hmm. like upcoming talent mm-hmm. that are like under the radar that are killing it like this kid pilo um he's a filipino kid and he's a rapper and like i look at his videos and he's got like six million views five million views and like they're killing it in the bay so shout to san fran man i had a really good time shout to all the producers that came through um and again i'm, I'm going to some different cities as well so uh, if you want to come link with me, if I'm in your city, uh, go to my website, illmindproducer.com. I'll be in New York. I'll be in Miami toward the end of the year. We're doing Cleveland or I, actually we did Cleveland. We're doing, no, did we do Cleveland, Josh? No. So we're coming to Cleveland. We're doing, um, what do we do? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what else do we have left? Chicago. Chicago. Uh, Miami. Uh, damn. Wow. Yeah, it's in the post. It's in the post. Go to, to ilmarproducer.com. Yeah, check my schedule. <laughs> so uh, that's going to be a good time. But um, yeah, man, uh, what else has happened? The weather is crazy. Uh, the weather's crazy. The so weather. Um, it's supposed to storm tomorrow. Oh, no. Is that's it really? Gonna be bad. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. It's going to rain all it's fucking It's going to rain. Do I have any? Oh, shit. What's that's tomorrow? Gonna, that's going to suck. That's going to suck. Cool, yeah, no. I'll be outside for a little bit. Yeah, no. That's going to be whack. But yeah. um, shout out to all the producers that are doing it, man. So, you know, if this is your first time uh, tuning in, I mean, most most of you guys uh, already know what's up. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a music creator. You're most likely a music producer. But um, this is, you know, a music production podcast. So we like talking about uh, everything and anything music production. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we're living in interesting times in terms of being a music producer there's mm-hmm. there's like you know what i'm noticing like i don't know if you guys feel the same way but just looking online i'm noticing there's like kind of like a divide happening where you have like all these i guess you want to call them like internet producers you know the type beat producers mm-hmm. the ones who are on youtube selling beats and all that stuff and then you have like the industry producers who are like getting placements and shit um, and I'm noticing there's like a divide, but what I'm realizing is that like nothing, none of that shit matters. Like you, it's all just bullshit categories, mm-hmm. right? Cause like anyone, if you're a music producer and you're generating income, I feel like that's always going to be a positive thing. Right. I mean, at you, Atlas, mm-hmm. you've had like, um, a, a pretty strong opinion on mm-hmm. like what a producer should do. Like if they're just starting, Mm-hmm. But there's this misconception that like if they sell beats for like 20 bucks or 30 or 40 bucks, like that they're like corny or people look down on them, mm-hmm. you know, and I've definitely have like said that in the past where it's like, you know, I disagreed with like taking that route and being content with it. But like, what do you think of that in terms of like a new producer? Do you think they should immediately start like selling beats and generating income? If, I mean, listen, if you're if you're doing it and it makes you happy and mm-hmm. you're generating an income and you're making money, keep doing it. Keep doing you know it. what yeah. I mean? That's that's totally up to you. you it know, depends. I, I, yeah, that, I, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I mean, the problem I was kind of having with that whole with the whole thing is, you know, 
producers putting out tracks and for you know like two buy two get for three free for like five bucks but then not not, not only are they devaluing it that way but also when they just put them out and they don't even care you know that was kind of the thing that kind of like irked me a little bit it's like i don't care what happens with the track i just want to just want to make it real quick and have it go but listen if you're generating six figures or more or, or eighty thousand, whatever you are a year and you're happy and you want to do that cool do it it's not it's not my cup of tea like if i was a, a producer in the game now i would want to be with upcoming artists i'd want to be in a studio rat i want to be a studio rat i want to go to the shows i want to meet other producers and kind of go that route you know but if that's working for you and you're happy with it do it i mean that's not the way i would go about it but it's worked for a small amount of people mm -hmm. you know what i mean um but you know if you're happy do it and listen at this point yeah. at this point it's just another opportunity which is a good thing mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like it's just another way to get in the game that someone before the internet there was no such thing as a type producer yep it was there was no such thing as that you you, you had to be in the studio with the artist and the management team and the label and all that and and network and all that shit but now you can just be in your room with a pair of headphones cranking out beats and this opportunity for you to get your name out there on YouTube uh, and all the, you know, via type beats. If that works for you, cool. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I get more thrill, me personally, out of like creating and with other artists and being in the room with them or, right. or at least um, working with other people, whether it's remotely or in person. Right. And there's no reason to not do all of it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right, right. Like yeah. while you're doing that, make if you want to make some money and you know, and you're paying your rent side. and paying your cell phone and your metro card. Yep. Do it. But it's yep. also it's a perspective thing too, because yep. if I'm new if I'm up and coming and I know that that's an option and I don't know, let's say like it's 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 not even a double edged sword because mm -hmm. if you really think about it you have to get better anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's say this is a person who isn't like a butt fuck town, mm -hmm. who doesn't have resources, no friends. Mm -hmm. None of his friends do music. You know, the right. nearest so and so is right. over here. I make X amount of dollars. Everything against him. Mm -hmm. If he could do, if he has internet or Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. he could put those beats online and he right. could practice and he can get better and he could make money at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you know. That could come a, a mm -hmm. opportunity from there, mm -hmm. but I think it's also right too. Like it's a very the quality. If mm -hmm. you decide to do that, you have to like. I think that's the only way. Most of those people that we've inter interviewed, a majority of them, mm -hmm. are like even you know who knows how many more out there. But mm -hmm. we've interviewed a few, and then like it's always these like the quality of the beats were like really on point. So that's like, I think people have to really pay attention to that. Don't just yeah. think you're gonna put on a, put a, a beat on the line and like, you know, yeah. Takashi's gonna see it and like right. hit you up. Like, yeah, and that's another thing too, like that that's happened a few times. Right. Exactly. But it's happened a few, few times, times out of a million yeah. transactions. Oh, so it's like exactly. all of a sudden these producers think like, Oh well, like that's how I do it. That's how you do it. You right. just do it on YouTube, and yeah, you you can get some sales and generate that's income. One thing, but, but that's, man, yeah. the the odds of like a menace happening again or a right. Takashi Kuda happening right. again, you know, like with Concept P, right. are so slim. Oh yeah, it's not not to say that you shouldn't try it, right. but that isn't the end all be all. Do everything, do everything, everything. and listen and. 
I'm, I've been, I, I totally believe in this. Even if nobody knows who the fuck you are. Because people say, well, I don't want to put my stuff because no one knows who I am, so I don't want to put it out on Apple Music. And it's like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It's like, if I was producing a instrumental project right now, I'm going right to DistroKid or, mm-hmm. or getting a distro deal or doing it through whatever. I'm putting it out on every freaking platform that I'm putting it out on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. I'm putting it out on SoundCloud. I'm putting it out on my Instagram because there's people that listen on Tidal, you know, all that. Because there's people that just listen to Tidal that don't listen to Apple. There's people that just listen yep. to Apple that don't listen to Spotify. There's Spotify people that there's people that only go to SoundCloud. So it's like if you're only putting it on SoundCloud, I'm like, damn, why does anybody fuck with me? I put my yeah. stuff on SoundCloud. It's because you're only putting it on SoundCloud. Yeah. You're missing out on millions and millions of listeners that can accidentally randomly pop up on your track because it happened to be on an Apple playlist. Yep. You just never know. Yep. But by not doing that, you're shooting yourself in the foot. They're like, oh, nobody knows me. I don't think I should be doing that. You're Cover stupid. Everything. And also, too, what you're doing by doing that is you're building your catalog. So what that means is if you continue to do that same process, a year or two down, three years down the road, when you actually do create a buzz and people do know who the fuck you are and you got to go find a, all your shit. What are they going to do? They're going to go back and look you up and you own all your own shit and yep. they're going to go cop all that shit. Yep. So why not start now? That's facts. You know what? And to add on to that. So when I was doing my past the Ox event a couple of days ago, um, someone asked me a question like, you know, how do I, how do I like market my stuff and get my stuff out there? Mm-hmm. And, and I know we've mentioned this in the past uh, on the podcast, but when you look at what's happening now in 2018 and what's been happening for a few years compared to 2002, let's say, where the only real place to get exposure would be to be on TRL mm-hmm. or to like have a video on MTV or, or to be on like Hot 97 or right. be on like broadcast radio. That was the only way that people were listening to music or, you know, if you were an independent artist and you got your seed, like five copies of your CD and like, you know, Sam Ash or like FYE, that was like, expo- or like the independent like stores, right? Or the tapes. Cause, yeah, because that's where people, that's where the attention was. That's where people acquired music. Mom and yep. pop shops. Yep. The mom and pop shops. And I actually kind of missed those days because that was kind of fun. But, um, you know, that was how you did it. But now... You can literally just reach hundreds and thousands of people with this little device, Mm -hmm. this little phone here. And you have this like community of producers who probably could have like really good success and because they're so talented and probably have like really good beats, but they're not doing anything and not going out of their way to like post shit online. Like right. and and to post your stuff online is damn near free, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. So and the main and the main reason you hear, which is the stupidest thing, I don't want to post it online because I don't want nobody to steal it. Yeah, no, that's the worst. Let them steal it. Yeah, <laughs> go steal it. Yeah, go make it a smash hit on the radio. I'm gonna I wait. Dare you. I'm gonna yeah. wait about a year or two before I start coming after you. Yeah. I want it to get really big. Exactly. So go steal it. Please go steal my shit. Exactly. There's this like... I uh, have documents. Huh. Yeah. No, exactly, Glam. Like, mm-hmm. listen, guys. Uh, and at first, you're probably thinking, what the fuck are they talking about? They're crazy. Right. I don't want anyone stealing my music, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. Here's a scenario. You're an upcoming producer, and let's say you have like a bunch of beats uploaded on YouTube, and some random artist steals your beat, rips it, makes a song, 
they shoot a video, they put it on their YouTube, they put it on SoundCloud, blah, blah, blah. Their song that they illegally made on your beat gets a thousand plays on SoundCloud. No one cares because it's not really generating mm-hmm. a, a, a significant amount mm-hmm. of income. And it's really not that many people that are paying attention to it. And that might multiply that. That might happen like 10, 15, 20, 50 times, 50 different artists steal your beat whatever and they're all kind of floating they're not really gaining any numbers and then that's it and then a couple months go by no one cares right but then let's say in that scenario one of those tracks blows up let's say all of a sudden this rapper artist that stole one of your beats puts a song out um and it gets you know three million streams on spotify well you have a viral track you have a track that's like kind of buzzing mm-hmm. that's getting a little a little momentum and so that beat was illegally ripped from you so now you have an opportunity to contact that person and say yo like i made that beat and as long as you can prove that you made it then you're in good hands mm-hmm. you know that that's the thing it's like if as long as you can prove that you made the track then you have a fighting chance. You can hire an attorney, you can sue them, or I mean, I wouldn't sue them, but I would right. hire an attorney and inquire with them and say, yo, that's my track. I can prove I made it. Let me get my publishing. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, get the paperwork going and let's let's go. And then now all of a sudden you have like a potential hit record in your hands that exactly. you produce. So mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's a win-win, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the ones that steal your shit and never go viral, those will go away and they'll be irrelevant. Then it also has the Facts. ability to backfire game. too. It has the ability of, to backfire, but only on a higher level. On a I, higher I level. Think. I mean, uh, as long as you can prove that you made it and you can prove to a jury in court that you right. made the track. And the way you so prove it is by about, showing them the session. Yeah. Right. No, right. that too. But yeah. how about when it when it's opposite, when that shit that Pharrell and Robin Thicke went through? Well, well I, I mean, think, no, that, was a, that was an interpolation, granted. Yeah. But I don't believe it was a fair case. No, I don't think it was I either. Don't I don't think so either. No, I don't think it was bullshit. either. I think that's different because that's more like not clearing a sample. Yeah. But right. This is more like putting your beat. I'm taking your shit yeah. and taking this it. Is, right. This is I'm an unknown producer true, and true. you stole my beat. Different and it's, it's your beat. Yeah. It sounds the right, same. This is yeah. Your yeah. Thing. yeah. But I yeah. do agree though, speaking of that, like that lawsuit definitely shouldn't have happened. I didn't agree with it. No, I think it was not right. at all. I think Super they just whack. had the right not lawyers. Not at all. But I had, I, had, bad. I had fights with my friends. They didn't understand because they weren't producers. So yeah. they didn't, they're like, that's their beat. Like, wow. And I was like, no, <laughs> no it's, it's not. not. Cl- it's not. It's no, not. No. Pharrell is just amazing. That's yeah, all. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Someone, um, someone also asked me. I love talking about like the upcoming producer stuff because there's so many like questions and you would be surprised how like simple the solutions are but you you know if you're an upcoming producer like you don't have any resources to like learn about this stuff Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. there's no like school or like tutorial or ebook like there's a few resources online for sure but a lot of this stuff you don't learn unless you experience it on your own right so one someone was asking me the other day how do I know when it's a good time to start increasing my beat prices? How? how? What do you mean how? I, I, I have, like, I have when, a, when, how do I know when it's a good time? I know when, when you get more than one. <laughs> first hey. of, no. When start with the first when one. Let's start with that. Start with the first one. No, yeah. no, seriously, I think um, when you're first starting, I mean, listen, 
when we were in high school and stuff, you're slanging beats for like a hundred bucks. You know what I'm saying? Like early. Some people say fifty. You know, or fifty, oh, right? 50, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But I think once you, that's a good question. I'm gonna say once you've sold about ten beats, you know, oh, I'm feeling yeah. like five hundred's a good number to. Right, but not to ten over with. like the course of a year, like ten in like a month. Pretty consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah 10, when you yeah, start yeah, getting yeah, consistently. Yeah, ten, yeah, I'm, I'm, and I was gonna say not even necessarily a number, but no, more no. so when it starts getting. Consistent like, because right. then your when time, it starts coming then in, it's your time exactly. Like now, now you're cutting into my time. When so they start cutting, and then when they start cutting in more into your time, mm-hmm. you charge more. Yeah. That's exactly. I just, I literally just went through that. Like just because the person that I do this project with, they mm-hmm. they were gonna need it at a certain time. It was like, well, damn, I got other shit going on. So now it's like, I normally would give you that level because when you need it, I have to like. Right. So that's kind of when you know, like mm-hmm. you, you don't when you start not being able to not have time, not because you're busy, but because like you're making so many. Yeah. I think it was when you're making so many beats. So yeah. I don't put a number on it. I wouldn't put a number, but yeah. ten was my mental. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. too. I, like, I mean, right. ten ten seems pretty reasonable. Like if you get to the sturdy. point, let's say you're charging fifty bucks a beat, right? Yeah. And you end up selling like what Glam said. You sold ten last month. And you're anticipating to sell like more than 10 this month, then if you can sell 10 beats in one month at $50 a pop, then it, it might be time to increase a little bit. Maybe right. go up to 70 bucks or 65. 65. Or 70. maybe even 100. Double it. I don't know. And then you have to kind of gauge like, it, there's a whole science to pricing. And product. then, and then like, also too, right the, at like the bundle you, deal, the bundle that's deal. Say, yep. Like, like if you're I really to starting to get bundle. busy, Crazy. like if I'm charging you, like let's just say we're starting small numbers. Let's just say a hundred dollars a beat, right? Yeah. So if we're slanging, and we're in high school, we're slanging them for about a hundred a beat, and you and, and you've already bought two or three from me, and you're like, yo, I want, you know, I want more. So then, like maybe what you do is you'll do. Uh, uh, like a ten 100. pack or something? No, I would say I would say like a five pack, uh-huh. right? So if you're doing a five pack, be like five for three ninety nine. Yeah, I was gonna say three fifty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Five, five for three ninety nine. Because if you're gonna pay three fifty, you're gonna pay three ninety nine. Yeah. But that's basically getting the extra beat, five four, and get one free. Right, but yeah, but you're getting them all lump sum all at once. Oh, right. You're not waiting yeah, yeah, for a hundred yeah. bucks, a hundred oh, bucks, a yeah, hundred no, bucks. No, no, it's no. yeah, it's so interesting because and once you start slanging those, yeah. then you really bump your price up like. Yeah, probably too. And I wanted to touch on something because I think also, you know, from different era, like that that generational like difference thing, like where hip hop, it was obviously more about collaborating, being creative, and you know, being a part. It's like more of a momentous thing now. It's like you know, you can send an email and like Mm -hmm, kind of just like get it done. But when you consider how fast these kids are making these beats now mm-hmm. it's almost not really like anything you cannot like i've seen these kids mm-hmm. they don't even use keyboard they, they use the keypad this, on the yeah, mac yeah, half the yeah, time yeah, and they're yeah. making remixes yeah. mm-hmm. transitions yeah. all types of shit easily Facts. like making mm-hmm. five ten beats in, right. in, in eight hours yep. so when you think about it like that it's just like well shit yeah they sh- you probably should put those up if you got it like that because what are the odds that you're going to be able to get all those beats out to like Whoever yeah. the fuck you know, that's who true. Might know somebody. You might as well put true. them shits up and sell them. And and you have to always think about each beat that you make as mm-hmm. just like a random lottery ticket that might end up somewhere. Pretty much, you know, it's like you can't. I I think there's some producers out there, and I was guilty of this too. Like back then when I was first starting, like I would make like ten beats, and then I would like save like five of like the ones that were my favorite, 
and then the other five I'd be like oh, I'll just sell these to whoever but these five are like the ones and then I would hold on to them and then like two years go by and they're still on my hard drive and yep. I, and by yeah. then I have like a hundred more yeah. better Everybody ones got them yeah. ones you know so yeah. it's like exactly. I don't know there, you I feel like you have me. to you have to have this mentality of like I'm always gonna make new shit I agree you, you know because I mean? I've done it too I have yeah. so many beats like that where I'm like I gotta save this and then it's just like you start thinking about like, what what am I saving this is actually like the time to right now pull all of that shit out right now like obviously yeah. beats like strategic in a way still but like yeah. still knowing like okay yeah Listen, it's true I, you, at least we we talk about it all the time uh, when your beats go to the hard drive cemetery right the hard drive the hard, because they're like because it's the same thing with being an art. It's the same thing I feel as being an artist. Is the same thing with a producer when you're producing a track. And what I mean by that is, when you're creating it and you're creating at such a pace and you're like in your fucking bag, you yeah. know what I'm saying? You're in the studio. You're knocking out two, three songs a night, front to back. You know what I'm saying? The mixes are sounding good. You just got to be able to let it go. Just let, it, let go. it go. Just put it out. Just go and let it put it out. Because yep. if you don't, what happens is exactly what Il just said and what you were talking about. You're saving it. You're saving it for what? For what? Because you don't know. Like you think you're saving it for this special moment. You don't know when the special moment's gonna happen. It just happens. Nope. You really don't. Nope. Okay. But I will say, in addition to that, you can increase your amount of special moments by increasing the people you know. Yeah. Facts. I Go mean, to like seminars there's and shit. yeah, there's so many like, there's there's producers out there who like don't put any effort into like meeting people mm -hmm. and are only just like 99% of the time making beats going online selling them make more sell more and that's fine that's totally fine mm -hmm. but if you really want to take it to that level and you really want to start getting like the publishing deal and like the bigger placements and stuff it's like do both yeah you have do to both connect like people. but you have to create like a um like a schedule and really create a game plan mm -hmm. you know it's like all right this week um, I'm spending five days in the studio. I think I could probably make five beats per day. That's 25 beats this week. That's a hundred beats this month. Out of those hundred beats, I'm going to sell 50 of them online at a hundred a pop, mm -hmm. right? That's $5,000 I think, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make five G's this week, five stacks. And then the other 50 beats I'm going to get my homies to rap on them. I'm going to work with artists that I'm developing. I'm going to, you know, try to send them to any industry people I know. You know what I mean? So you really have to be like, you have to create a fucking like regimen. You mm -hmm. can't just like randomize it and wing it. You yeah. Know what on I mean? top of that, on top of that, on what you said is, okay, let's take what you said. Five days a week, five beats a day, right? Mm -hmm. 25 beats a week. If you did two full beats a week, that's still, in my in my opinion, yeah. great. Yeah. Okay? I agree. So, let's say out of those five days, let's say we make it four days a week. Mm -hmm. Still two to five beats a day, which is still very impressive. And then on that fifth day, instead of sitting home and making beats all day, yep. you find a day to go out to an event. Just yep. one day a week. Yep. Okay? So, now you're doing four events a month. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine if you're doing that formula... And your shit is dope. You're gonna win. Yeah. Or at least be in the headed in the right direction. Yeah. Because you have to network. You have to go out. You have to meet people. You have to do it as much you as you to. hate it. You know, people. Yeah. Are like, I don't know. I don't. I don't like going out. Well, good well, luck. Um, you don't like being successful. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it's, it's gonna take. 
Yeah. No, you, you have, have to go to do out. It. Yeah. Everybody and then when and then the thing is, you're gonna be tired. You're gonna wish, oh God, I'm so tired. Oh, I got work tomorrow morning. Oh, I got this. As soon as your ass is there, or even better, when you get your ass home, and it's maybe a little later than you probably would normally would stay up to make beats, but when you get home and you like had that experience and you got like three or four key contacts that you just randomly ran into that night mm -hmm. that you were just thinking, damn, I needed a, uh, someone to ask about management or, or artists to work with or a studio in the area because I, I need another studio to go to. And boom, you're going to meet him at that event. Right, and it's gonna be totally worth it. And then you start like getting addicted, exactly. like to to miss you. You don't want to miss out. Like, was it FOMO, fear of missing out? Yeah, FOMO. You start getting that. Like, I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be honest. I get that sometimes. Yeah. Like I'm like, I know this event's going on. It's like, man, oh, I don't really want to go. But yeah. I'm like, I know I, I I should totally go. And then I go, and I'm so happy I went. Yeah. Because I'll make that one or two contacts, or even just one. That oh, I'm gonna follow up with them, you know, tomorrow or this week, and mm -hmm. follow up on that, and then it's just keep true. doing that. It's know? true, and the, you know, I think the biggest challenge is like that producers face is like, oh, well, if I go to an event, I'm a nobody, no one knows me, so how do I even start conversation with someone? Mm -hmm. um, you got to start somewhere, you know, you have to start somewhere. But the interesting thing that I discovered, and this was like from my own experience, was when I was like first starting, and like no one knew me, I didn't have a name, it was like mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I, I realized that I was giving people an opportunity to find out about me in a different way mm -hmm. other than me going up to them and saying hi. Right. And, and for a music producer, for me, it was producing for like an elder sensei, like a super underground rapper. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, another rapper who works with him found out I produced one of his songs and then I ran into him and they're like, oh, I heard one of your one of your joints. Right. I heard your name before. Right. And to me, I feel like that's a really, really great strategy is to do things that will create exposure elsewhere that will get these people to find out about you somewhere else. Because that's the key. It's like we all, it, when people refer, when we meet people, it's like, all right, well, like, where have I seen that name before? Mm -hmm. Or like, I've heard of you before. Right. And that immediately like increases their chance of wanting to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So, so the hardest part is like creating that initial momentum first, but you know, it's, it starts with like maybe like a little mixtape appearance mm -hmm. here. And then mm -hmm. someone tweeted about your shit here and you, and you know what I mean? It's like on with the internet, it's a lot easier to start creating you're a buzz and start like putting your name out there mm -hmm. it's, it really really is man mm -hmm. so um i don't know i just think that's like such a uh, an important like part of this too 100 you know? percent. i i literally when you were talking about that i was thinking in my head about instagram yeah at, like you okay yeah. you for instance at right yeah. like mm -hmm. obviously me and you started working heavily together like 20 i mean heavily 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 like what 2013 probably yeah. right yeah or 14 yeah. something like yeah. that but knowing you 12. obviously before way but we, before we, that, we yeah. were yeah we knew each other before that right yeah when you started like really being out out there and like starting to meet like a lot more people mm -hmm. and started making like those types of moves right um you know do you feel like it happened to you too where it was like, oh, I heard of you, Atlas, from this thing? It's, or, <laughs> oh, I saw you here somewhere. Okay. Uh, it, it's, I, it was a slow process, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, in the beginning, you know, when people knew me, it was like, oh, you're ill minds. Like, right. It went from like, 
Oh, you're Illmind's guy, right? Like, you know Illmind, like, like they they knew me and you, like, they didn't right. know what it was, but right. they knew me and you were like, that you were my guy, right? So they went from that, then it was like, oh, oh, wait, are you like the, the, the B-Thread? Like, they knew me from kind of from B-Thread, yeah. you know, you the B-Thread guy? And then it went from like, oh, the B-Thread guy, and then like, oh, wait, Blap Chat. And then so yeah. it's like, and then it's like, you know, Oh, True Masters thing. So it's like now people are starting to see me more as like the brand yeah. and like a, you know, the guy who curates events and he's got it. He knows like yeah. all these different people and he kind of puts the pieces together, right? Mm -hmm. But I mean, that was I mean, like you said, what twenty twelve? Yeah, you know, we more so. What are, what are we twenty? So that's already you know six for, years. Six years of everyday grinding, you know, and even before you know me working with Ill, I was. Doing music like yeah, fresh, dude, fresh out of high shit. school, auditioning, yep. and you know, so like, this has been a long time coming. Long time but coming. but I would say I would say I started noticing, feeling a different vibe within the past like year and a half yeah. to two years, year year and a half or so yeah. was when people are kind of like, yo, your name, oh Atlas the Plus, oh you're the guy yeah. who does the inspirational quotes on Instagram, right. like. Yeah. Oh, dude, I love your shit. Like, I screenshot it. I save it on my phone. Like Everyone has a point of entry yeah. of when they heard your name yeah, or where. Right, exactly. Clam, do you experience... Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you've experienced that, oh. too. Like, oh, I saw you on When I was in this, the Bay, I'm, or uh, I heard I this from... I don't know if from... I told Glam. Sorry to cut you off. When I was in the Bay, and I did a, my little... I did, a uh, uh, like, a Cali meetup thing, right, with producers and artists. And one of the guys was like, yo, Blap Chat is like, yo, Glam, like they were talking about you mm -hmm. in the bay. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, oh, Glam's like my people. Like, are yeah. you like, that's my girl. So anyway, so when yeah, did you start? Hey, um, shit. I don't know, really. I mean, like my name was always Glam. And then yeah. I think it started probably more so with like licensing opportunities, mm -hmm. just like things that like really gave me exposure and like being able to put my name on certain festivals like it just really started to be a word of mouth thing and i think mm -hmm. that just came with like the quality of the music so yep. certain people just started hearing it some certain places oh so and so showed me or uh i just came to your instagram mm -hmm. like it's just like one one reason or another like people are drawn in but it is like a uh like a strike to a match type of thing was yeah. like mm -hmm. it does take like a few people you yeah. know all at once probably in all different areas and points in time simultaneously to be you know kind of talking about you to right. get that and mm -hmm. i would say um you know playlisting too you know as far yep. as like just anything music related to like up your shit like even soundcloud everything spotify everything and getting place like playlisted they yeah. like go to your page they go to your profile and everything's there mm -hmm. so i've got a lot of like yeah. instagram love from that like so. yeah and you wouldn't be able to have that 10 years ago you know yeah. we no. have our profiles right. are online like right. everything no. and anything you want to know about someone you can find you can online find out. so like if someone is listening to this podcast and they're like oh i never heard of glam before and they're talking about her music let me go look her up right first place they're going to look is probably your instagram they're going to mm -hmm. google you glam they're going to look at this they're going to run a soundcloud mm -hmm. you know and this a lot of this is what most people do they you know they'll Ill, check had, for you i had a question for you when yeah. you're talking about elder sensei and how mm -hmm. you know that was like your first kind of little break before someone was like hey yeah you're the guy who yeah. did the how did you and l link you and elder sensei From, how did that happen i had a uh, a dj friend uh who so, you know, being Filipino, being from Jersey, 
big huge like dj culture all the filipinos in jersey were like djs and shit and so um i had a dj friend and he knew uh a one of a dj that worked with elder sensei and um and uh they just he heard my beats he heard about me and heard my beats and we eventually linked up you know and and so it was like a jersey thing it was like very tight-knit it was like that was when it was like Elder Sensei and just like a bunch of underground like rap shit. Did you like go to the studio? Yeah, he was there and you the played studio. Beats yep, I did he, all that. He's shit. like, yo, I like that one. Yeah. Started writing to it on yeah. the spot. And all like that. I got my momentum early on from just working with like friends who made music, right? You know, and like that's how you get your your first momentum is mm-hmm. like finding other people who also do it. And I think that's so a true. huge. And might have a little so more going on with you. And might have a little more going on. So true. Yeah. It does not hurt. It doesn't hurt. So and true. listen, not at all. like I think that's the number one mistake for upcoming producers yeah. nowadays is they put zero energy in meeting their peers. Like go just meet. If you meet one person in your city or anywhere that also makes beats, mm-hmm. get to know that person or just like at least keep in touch. Like find a rapper who you like and just start working with them. Yeah. Like this is what you have to do, guys. Yeah. That's what a lot of people were saying that too. Sorry to cut you off, but I remember when even with when you brought up like we we brought up how Wonder Girl went to the beat battle Mm -hmm. and it was somebody that we interviewed Mm -hmm. that said, oh Um, yeah, we met at this beat thing and we always, you know, kept in touch. They were, we used from Canada too mm -hmm. and they would just send each other beats back and forth and I think that they have work together now. Yep. Based off of that, just them saying, "Hey, you make beats? Okay, I make beats too. All mm-hmm. right, cool." It's like people get to like, I don't know. It's so funny. I was talking to my little cousin, and he asked me for some sounds. He was like, "Oh, oh, he always hits me up. Like, <laughs> oh, you got the oh my, like, you blessed me really quick." And I was like, "Yeah, I'll do, I'll do it to you real quick." Yep. And he's like, "Yeah, man, I'll be asking my friends, and they don't want to give me these sounds because they say they don't want my shit to like sound, sound like, like theirs, theirs and this yeah. and this and that." And I was like, "That's so dumb." And he was like, "Thank you," because he's younger. He's like, "I right. thought it was just me." Like I was like, "No, it's all about everybody can have the same kid. It's just right. like spot like having the same dogs. Like right. just like." Everybody's not going to use it the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, exactly. and Il, to go back what you were saying about, you know, working with L and building yeah. with your friends first. And, you know, that's listen, I want I want all the listeners right now. If you're a producer, listen, listen to this. If you want to succeed in the world, the first thing you have to do is dominate locally within your town. Mm hmm. Then you go to the city, then maybe your zip code or whatever. But like you have to locally, you have to win first before you start building outside of locally. And the only way you're going to build outside of locally is through word of mouth or through technology and putting out records. But you got to find people. I mean, it drives me crazy when people say, well, you know, I come from a small town and, you know, they, we don't no. really have. Come on, bro. I like I, that you know, right let there. Let me tell you something. the internet. If you're, I, I'm over you're, that. You're a new producer, right? And you've been making beats for a couple years, maybe a year. And the beats are good already, right? And you have a tweet, you have an Instagram and you have like 42 followers, right? And you post up uh, a video of like a beat on your Instagram. And out of your 42 followers, you get like four likes and then one comment of some random Mm -hmm. person who you don't know saying yo i like that beat if you don't reply to that person you fucked up yeah 
like when you're in the really really early stages mm -hmm. you need to engage with every single stranger that engages with you mm -hmm. i'm talking about every single one mm -hmm. you get one comment or one tweet and it's a stranger you don't know and they're complimenting you mm -hmm. you better fucking reply to that person you should respond <laughs> no it really matters do you follow them follow them back oh reply <laughs> i appreciate it is what i would do follow mm -hmm. back yo i appreciate it what do you do yeah what do you do right. click on their profile find out what they do this is how you fucking network mm -hmm. like you have to engage you can't just mm -hmm. like, oh, okay cool oh, i only got one like i want a thousand likes how do i do that mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what i don't want fuck this you. yeah i was like, like i don't want this shit yeah. you know what this reminds me of <laughs> this this takes me back to like sales because in sales you have to engage with the person they say mm -hmm. it's like a minimum of five times like four or five times that mm -hmm. you have to engage with the person so what that means is yeah, what does that mean i met you in person you didn't buy mm -hmm. you left i called you the next day i left you a voicemail you didn't pick up a day or two goes by i'll shoot you an email hey what's up follow up with you a couple days later boop, your phone will ring hey man listen i've been a little crazy yeah but i'm here listen i want to follow up with you like they'll calling you mm -hmm. so like you have to so that kind of goes back to what you're saying what i feel with like in selling as far as selling your brand yeah. on social media is like if you just follow your favorite artist social media public figure whoever it is chef whatever it is and you just like a picture they're, they're not they're probably not going to yeah. catch that right. you know but if you like another picture another day and then maybe you comment on the one picture yep. or like you know you comment on their thing and like it then after like three four or five they might say oh who is this mm -hmm. let me see what this person's profile is yep. and that's kind of what i'm saying as far as like you're selling yourself but you're not so aggressive and you're not so like right. hi buy this now it's just you're showing that you're out there i'm here i follow you yep. i enjoy you know what you're what you're giving us and that's it and then it's up to them to, to and they're already days. hitting you up right they're already hitting so you up so it's like that's that other part of like hey listen to my stuff. it's like no you, you don't, don't even, even have, have that to part do that. they're hitting yeah. you like exactly. hey this is cool this like, is cool this is, I like that and like it, exactly. it is a true it's like I mean you could call it a tactic but I mean it should just be what you do anyway right. but it's like real life shit it's yeah. real life shit because I was <laughs> like at a this event hack. I was I was at this event and I walked up on my friends and this guy was talking to my friends and he turned around and he was like oh shit and he like started like oh you're glam and this and this and that yep. and then I didn't know who he was but he, he said his Instagram name like I'm blah 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 right and I was like oh I know who that is because mm -hmm. I was and then I looked at those like I responded to everybody and he was like he looked at them and he was like facts <laughs> so it made me feel like okay that's all right good yeah. i'm glad that people feel like she responds and yeah, you know, blah, blah blah you don't want to like hit somebody way. and when up you and, when you get that first yeah. moment where like someone recognizes you in person like and they're like a fan or something like that's very validating like it feels oh, really very good. much and then you notice like okay i'm getting one of those like every six months and then all of a sudden yeah. the following six months it's like four people yeah one per month and you're like oh shit okay, okay. i guess i guess my shit's like growing yeah, you know so yeah. that the more I, frequent I, the better yeah the more frequent the better but it's like i feel like that's the number one mistake though in the beginning is like you just neglect all the the Everything. few people yeah like you can't neglect anyone 
You yeah. can't no. leave any stones unturned. I think I probably did that too. All, we're all we're all we're yeah. all guilty of it. Yeah, but it, I didn't know? recognize the importance. It wasn't that I didn't want to. It was just like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. Like you know, you're just like kind of still like the internet is definitely not what it was when I started. So right. it's just like having to incorporate that. It's, it's different. It's, a, exactly. it's different. It's exactly. Different. You know what's funny is because you know like we've had it happen to us where we might be in a different city. East Coast, West Coast, and someone who's a fan of Blap Chat's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, Atlas the Plug or Glam or, yeah. or like Professional yep. Ill or whatever, right? So, you know, because I've had it done to me and I like, and I appreciate that. You know what I mean? If it's done like the right way, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I don't, not like the needy energy way, but if it's done the right way, it's great. Mm-hmm. And because I've had it done to me and I actually enjoyed it, it made me have no shame going up to anyone that I am a fan of. Yeah. And I'm really, and I, sal- I salute them. I'm like, yeah. yo. Big fan, man. Love your work. No, I just well, want you to know. here's what'll happen. They, and then they'll be like, "Oh, thank you." And then it starts convo. Convo. And then boom, I get the contact from the manager. And, and then yeah. out of every twenty people you do that with, mm-hmm. maybe one of them also listens to Blap Chat. Facts. True. So you never know who you might run into, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they're like. Yeah, motherfucker, I know you. I yeah, love your the, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? What you trying to do? <laughs> yeah, that that happened to me. I DJed at a show. I DJed like my first gig, and I was watching these people like vibing the crowd, and it was like it was a little dry. But there was like a dude in the back, like on this couch, and I was like, all right, he's vibing. Look, it's a couple of people vibing. I was like, all right, cool. And then like he was just kind of quiet, and then he came up and he was like, yo, glam. I've been following you for a long time. I like love everything you, you got do. The hand rubbing too. You got the hand slapping. What do you know the hand? Like yo, he's giving me the Birdman hand. Yeah, the Birdman <laughs> hand. Did you know this? He's like, real. I follow you on Instagram. He's like, I watch Blap Chat. Da 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 da. And I was just like, Oh wow! Yeah. And he said his Instagram name, recognizes Instagram name. It's crazy, it's man. Like, you meet these people, and they're like, Yeah, real people. Yeah, it's and you know, you like, even if you're on Instagram and you have 50 followers. That's 50 Imagine people. Imagine all f- 50 of those people in, in your room. room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I always do that. I have 50 people. Mm-hmm. You put a, you put you are you if you're starting a podcast and you uh, upload it on YouTube and you get, you know, 94 views mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a month. That's yeah. 94 people that saw your shit. Saw your Imagine shit. them all in the it, room. Yeah, man, you just you Leave no stone unturned. Unless man. it was one person that watched it that many times, then could, I can't. Do they do that though? They do, right? They you count them like the multiple. View. My okay. friend used to be like, "I'm gonna give myself a view." Like when he would post his shit, he'd right? Like, give myself one more view. Right. Got gotcha. you. Like, all right. Wow. Leave no stone unturned. No, don't do it. All right. All right, guys. You ready to know what time it is? It's that um, time. We got a special special guest here in the building today. Um, let's give a warm round of applause to. Uh, Lamont Graves oh. in the building <laughs> of the, the Graves, the Graves, uh, Graves, Graves firm. firm. Yes, sir. Yep. And uh, so Lamont is uh, an entertainment attorney, but he, I'm sure Not he's an also attorney and a, co- a consultant. Consultant, yep. and uh, he also um, specializes in a lot of things. And uh, earlier, uh, when he got here off air, we were talking about um, just the whole production world and kind of you know the mission to try to empower producers out there yes, uh, obviously we try our best to do that with this podcast and with the youtube stuff and everything drum kits so well i want to i really want to dig into that but before we dig into that um why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself how you started uh, what you do now and what your company is all about cool cool what's up guys so can I mean, we turn this his, is, uh, his, his mic, mic up, up? Oh, preach okay. you can you can go a little closer, closer. yeah okay. go cool. for it. can you guys okay. hear me yeah that's yes. good all right cool so 
have a pretty, pretty, pretty long and arduous story that I can tell, but I'm going to try to cut okay. it down yeah. as much as I can and just get straight to the point. So basically, long story short, um, I actually started out as a music producer myself back in the uh, early 2000s. Um, had a couple of records with my partner, Ian Davis, uh, that actually made it to the radio with a couple artists like Graf and a few other guys. And what ended up happening is we never really made any money because we didn't know the business. Mm. So no fault of anybody's other than ours. You know, we didn't educate ourselves on the business. So with that being said, I said and I, I created a mission as to where I was going to not allow it to happen to other producers. And I wasn't going to allow it to happen to myself. So fast forward a couple of years, Jalo Beats, who a lot of people may not know, is actually a relative of mine. He's a first cousin. Nice. He signs a deal with uh, with Rock Nation. And it's a publishing deal with Rock Nation. Big thing, uh, to, well, to be from our hometown, Chester, PA, and to be able to do something like that is incredible. Yeah, shout, so, shout to Jaleel, by shout the way. Shout to Jaleel. We will get on this show, just to let you guys yeah, know. I've already been it. speaking to him about it. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, he signs a, he signs a deal with, uh, with uh, Rock Nation Music. And basically, my job from that point on was to be in this corner to ensure that he would collect every publishing dollar due to him that he would be educated on the actual publishing business as much as possible and that he would be able to kind of maximize his royalty earning potential by just knowing the business. Yep. Because unfortunately for a lot of songwriters and producers and pretty sure you guys know, a lot of them don't know what the publishing business is. They don't even know that it deals with licensing. So what ends up happening is they sign bad deals and they get taken advantage of. So long story short, that's what my company is and that's what I do. I consult songwriters and producers on the best ways to monetize themselves. I teach them about music publishing, the value of music publishing, the value of actual copyright. And I pretty much help these guys make a lot of money. I love that. So I love that. I mean, we can talk for three hours about this because it's so right. <laughs> so most of our most of our listeners are music creators, music producers. Uh, most of them up and coming. Um, and you know, we've talked, we've covered a lot of ground on this podcast. Um, but it, I, I'm glad we we have you because one thing that we haven't really like dug super into was the publishing side and mm -hmm. how to monetize and stuff. So let's start with um, just you know the up and coming producer right so i think right now there's this misconception or i guess lack of education in terms of like what is that anyway it's fine we'll cut mm -hmm. through it it's like a fucking saw yeah like we're going up an elevator or yeah something. anyway yeah, so um there's this like lack of education in the mm -hmm. music producer community mm -hmm. in terms of what publishing is and how and how can I start making some real money? So let's start with what exactly publishing is. Can you just kind of give the short version of what publishing is to a music producer? Absolutely. So this is something that's very important that all producers should know. A lot of producers hear that, okay, somebody signed to a label and they think, oh, well, this producer signed to a label, he signed to Sony. But what they don't know is that any time that you have a song that is created, there's two sides of copyright that are generated. You have the sound recording, which is the label side, and then you have the control composition, which deals in publishing. All publishing is, is somebody licensing your music multiple times to pay you a royalty for them to be able to use your copyright. So what I mean by that is that, I'm gonna give you an example. Let's say that you produce a record 
for a big local artist, okay? Now, you produce this record for this big local artist and you control at least 50% of the copyright on the control composition side because there are no co-producers, okay? So with that being said, anytime somebody wants to listen to that record, anytime somebody wants to play it on Tidal, Apple Music, Spotify, on the radio, they have to pay you a fee. Okay, what ends up happening and in, in how producers make a lot of money in the publishing business and how songwriters make a lot of money in the publishing business is that these fees begin to add up astronomically. You don't know whether or not somebody in Bangladesh is playing the song. You don't know about the kid in, in Oakland, California playing the song, but ASCAP and BMI and other societies and companies that are out there that have been created to collect your royalties, they have systems in place to be able to know anytime your music is licensed. So one song can generate thousands of licenses and those thousands of licenses translate into publishing income for you. So simply, it's basically the right for somebody to use your copyright since it's your intellectual property, since it's your beat, and since you own it, guess what? Somebody has to pay you to be able to use it. So a lot of producers and songwriters don't understand that fundamental definition. You know, mm -hmm. they just know that, oh, I'm supposed to make money, but they don't know about the intricate details that help them make money. Right. So, okay. Right. So, so if I'm an upcoming producer, I just made a dope track. I want to put it out. In your opinion, in simplest form, like to cover yourself, what's the next step? Like, what do I do? Okay. So here's the thing about copyright and beats that you email to people and you know instrumental albums to be honest if somebody's going to steal your stuff they're going to they're going to steal it when it let's just yep. be honest about mm -hmm. it sampling okay? we we're just talking about that <laughs> you were. i love this conversation there's nothing you yeah. can do about it i can't you know how many you know how much copyright infringement happens every day <laughs> on youtube uh 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 instagram SoundCloud, and all these soundcloud yeah, yeah. you can't stop it okay but what you can do is you can make sure that you earn from it Okay, and the way that you earn from it is through ensuring that you know the music publishing business. Okay, now let's go back to protecting yourself and what you just uh, what you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm a producer and I'm emailing beats. Right, there are ways that you can protect yourself in terms of you know tagging, leaving a specific sound or a tag in that track, but not over tagging your beat, but making that tag an actual part of the beat where it sounds cool. You know what I mean? Yep. So that somebody knows it's you, all right? You can put a disclaimer in your email saying that this co that this material is copywritten, mm -hmm. but still, at the end of the day, it's not going to prevent anybody from stealing it. So once you know exactly, let's say that you send that beat out, and let's say that it ends up being utilized, and let's say that an artist uses it, as long as you know what you're privy to in terms of your publishing share, okay, you know that you can put a claim on that record, Nine times out of ten, you have nothing to worry about. I have worked with exactly what we said earlier. Yep, I have producers and songwriters with platinum records right now, and they come to me for help. And these guys are no different from somebody emailing their beat out that's just starting. They ask me the same questions. You know, I sent this to this artist two months ago, and now it's on YouTube. How do I collect from it? Well, you put a claim on it, or you turn those shares into your uh, to your publisher, and you say this is the share that's due to me. Being as though there are no co-producers on the record, if you produce that record and you have fundamental proof that you are the and producer of that yeah. song, you should be fine. I have not had any particular circumstance where any of the producers that I represent or any of the, the, the producers that come to me for help have been placed in a situation where they have to sue somebody for copyright infringement. Mm -hmm. Does it happen? Yes, it does. But it happens with bigger records. And, yeah. and, and for example, families with large 
resources and lots of lawyer money to go after you. Okay, but every day copyright infringement happens. As soon as you sample something, you're creating copyright infringement. If you take that beat and you upload it on YouTube or do anything with it, you're creating copyright infringement. So it happens all the time. In order for you to get paid, you just need to know the publishing business. Okay, and if you have a great publisher that's representing you, then it's not going to be hard for you to be able to tell that publisher that, hey, I get half of this. And then most of the time, nine out of ten times they'll take care of it from there so. right so let's talk about the publishing deal so as okay. a music producer you work up until you you have enough value in publishing of right. the songs you produce to where a company comes in and says hey we want to sign you to our company and sign a publishing deal with you and right. there's major label companies there's independent ones there's different types of deals like all-in deals, MDRCs, there's uh, admin deals, stuff like that. So the one common misconception, uh, especially if you don't know anything about production, is people get confused with ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC as being publishing deals when it's really two separate things. So why don't you explain to them a little bit uh, about what ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC is okay. and what their function is and the difference between that or the difference between a PRO and a natural publishing deal? Absolutely. That's a good okay. question. It's actually a question that I receive a lot on consultations is that I'll ask a producer, I'll say, hey, who's your publishing entity? And they'll say ASCAP. And I'm like, no, that's a performance rights society that has been created to collect your performance royalties. And they're like, okay, what is that? So basically yeah. this is all it is. ASCAP and BMI and CSAC, they all do one thing. They collect performance right royalties. So like I said earlier with music publishing and different licenses, all ASCAP, BMI and CSAC do is collect a particular license called a performance right royalty. And these are generated anytime you pick up your phone and you go to title and you play a song, Anytime you hop in your car and you're listening to the top 10, you know, hottest songs that they have on the radio and they're going through their playlist, that uh, royalty is created that way. Um, anytime that music is synced with any type of video where you can watch it on TV, online, YouTube, it doesn't matter. As long as it's publicly performed or that you could publicly, uh, publicly perform it, it's a performance right royalty. So it's all around us. Performance rights royalties and, and, and you know licenses happen all around us all the time. So what you do as a songwriter and a producer in order to be able to collect these royalties, you need a company with the resources that ASCAP, BMI, and CSEC have to be able to collect all those different streams and plays from all over the world and pay you a check for it. Mm -hmm. So that's one royalty and that's one type of royalty that the music publishing business pays you. Where the issue is, is that a lot of producers and songwriters have no idea or no clue about the other publishers outside of that and other types of forms of publishing and licenses outside of what ASCAP and BMI do. Because that's what we hear every day. Yep. You know, if, if you have any type of basic knowledge of music licensing, the first thing you hear is, did you sign up with ASCAP, BMI? Did you sign, you know, are you a CSAC? You can't get into CSAC unless you're invited. Um, But, you know, with ASCAP okay. and BMI, oh, oh, CSAC writer right there, yeah. huh? Okay, that's great. Um. With that being said, anybody can sign up with ASCAP and BMI, and that's why it's so easy and accessible to people. Not everybody can sign a million-dollar publishing deal, yep. you know? So with that being said, just so you guys that are listening to this know, when you sign up for ASCAP and BMI, you're leaving, if that's the only entity that you have collecting your royalties, you're leaving at least 60 to 70% of the other types of publishing income off the table, unless 
you're a sync heavy producer which sync is normally paid out through the pros because it's a performance so with that being said guys it doesn't stop at ascap and bmi so yeah. i can hop into the others unless you want to kind of interject and no no please go into the others i'm curious yeah. go okay yeah. cool 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 so Illmind had mentioned different types of publishing deals okay he, he talked about uh he stated uh i think you got the work for hires you have mm-hmm. your admin, admin deals you have your co-pub deals MDRCs. so basically all of these things the only thing the only thing that they are is their entities set up to collect the other 70 to 60 percent of royalties and licenses that are due to you as a producer mm-hmm. you can make a pretty good living if you get en- enough placements in a year and enough sinks in a year you can make a pretty good living just with ascap or bmi but that's the equivalent of working a job for 80 hours a week and walking home with only 30 percent of your yep. check you don't want to be you're not going to work at mcdonald's and, and work 80 hours and walk away with 50 dollars in your pocket yep. you would be highly upset so guess what now you got to get that other half of the money so this is where it gets really confusing for a lot of songwriters and producers there it's a daunting thing to think about because they're like well people are once you reach a certain level and you get a certain amount of placements people are going to be reaching out to you left and right but here's the thing you don't have to wait to get started in the music publishing business and you don't have to wait to have a publishing company collect your publishing for you so that's where i'll kind of break down the different types of publishing uh, deals that that are out there. So the first one, and the most standard one that happens a lot in the music industry, for for songwriters and producers with great placements, are is something called a co-publishing deal. And basically, all a co-publishing deal is that your side of the copyright gets split in half between you and your co-publisher. So that means that the publishing company, if you own fifty percent of a record, the publishing company comes in and they own half of it. Then they also become something called your administrator. And what that means is that this company is also, they also have the responsibility to collect all the many different forms of publishing out there for you as well. So in addition to giving up half of your copyright, you end up in a position where they make the decision for you on certain types of deals like sync sync licensing deals where they have to like negotiate fees you know they'll they'll basically do everything for you but you do this in exchange for in advance nine times out of ten there's some type of advance associated with this and you do it in exchange for losing at least half of your copyright now with that being said producers get it taken advantage of all the time in Mm co-publishing deals because sometimes a producer will sign a co-publishing deal as a part of a producer agreement or a production agreement with a label or some type of uh, entity that has a publishing company set up to be able to collect the the producer who doesn't know the publishing businesses uh, uh, publishing. So with that being said, co-production deals are all over the all over the industry. Are they good? It depends. It depends on what you do and how you kind of st- how the deal is structured and how you go about after you sign in that deal, what you do afterwards. Mm-hmm. I have I have producers that I represent that are in co-publishing deals and they make a great living because we've been able to maximize their royalty earning potential outside of that. We know all about the other royalties that are due to them and they're able to still get paid and they're able to get through their deals quicker than any other producer because we know how to kind of recoup the money that's mm. 
part of their advance that they have to pay back to the publisher. Now, is there is there a lower level deal too, like a, an admin deal of some sort with no advance yes. attached to that? Yes. So how does that work? Yes. So the next type of deal that you could do, and one of my favorite deals is an administration deal. It basically, all it is is you allow a company with the resources to be able to collect your publishing for you in exchange for maybe like a 10% fee. Sometimes I've seen it be 30%, but in any event, what ends up happening is you get to retain your copyright, which is one of the most valuable things you have as a songwriter and a producer. Your copyright is everything. Just so you guys out there listening know, your copyright is everything. Protect it with your life. So even if you do do a co-pub deal, at least know that there's still value in your half of the copyright. So with that being said, an administration deal is just going to allow a publisher to be able to collect all the different forms of publishing for you. They're going to take their fee and then they're going to pay you. Okay, they're either going to pay you biannually or they're going to pay you quarterly, all depending on that publishing administration entity. With that being said, anybody can sign up with a publishing administration entity because there are many of them online now that allow songwriters and producers to go to the website and simply sign up with it. And they're going to collect the same. You guys heard that? Yep. You hear that? So you hear that? See a, lo- a lot Where's of the people bomb don't on that? that. We need to drop the bomb <laughs> oh, on that. Okay. I'll do that. Ready? Wait. Drop no, I'll, I'll do, I'll on do on one better because uh, my man Lamont bomb. kicked my ass in Street Fighter. My first loss. Jalil Dre. Uh-huh. Jamar and everybody else uh-huh. that, that well actually Dre he bet he bet money on me in uh, Street mm-hmm. Fighter and I made him a lot of money that day but you get you guys hear that right yeah. guess, guess yeah. who was the Street Fighter champion today hey, lost. Get it. next <laughs> time we get Jaleel on here we're gonna have to do the, the B-roll we'll do it absolutely I have a question for you and I get this a yep. lot and I hear it a lot on uh, especially on uh, being in the industry is producers always say to artists I make you this beat and then you know uh, you go and you, and you can go performing and make money on shows but I don't make shit <laughs> is there a way to protect producers on the as far as like an artist going out and performing a record? Is there anything as Yeah, as that? there actually is. And a lot of people don't know about this is that if you're able to obtain a set list of that venue wherever that artist is performing, you upload that into ASCAP and BMI. It goes toward and the it goes towards it goes towards the performance royalties. Amazing. A lot of producers and songwriters have no idea about that. They don't so even think got, about that. They don't even think about it. So, if somebody's going to take your beat and they're going to go and perform it, at least you want to get paid something from it. You know, unfortunately, the industry is kind of skewed against producers and songwriters that don't know the business. So there's really not much you can do about somebody taking your beat and making $50,000 off of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, instead of just, you know, trying to work on maximizing your royalty income, that's the only way you're going to be able to offset it. So at least get paid off those public performances from those artists. So if somebody's going to take your beat and they're going to perform it at a venue, you need to know where that venue is and you need to take that set list and you need to upload it to your uh, performance rights society. That's yeah. interesting, too. And one thing other I want to jump real quick is you know we talk about on the show all the time is producers grabbing the bag too early uh, and what yeah it's, it's disappointing isn't it no. i know oh, man, right I hate it. can we talk about that your That's upcoming right. producer some joe schmo publishing who who has elvis's fucking <laughs> back catalog you know is offering you fifteen hundred dollars no the one who does you know which is great uh fifteen hundred dollars you know what i'm saying yeah. you know to offer me a pub deal let's right. talk about grabbing the bag too early can we do oh, that oh man it's the yeah. biggest mistake that songwriters and producers make you got young guys fresh out of high school that get lucky and they get a hit record and then next thing you know somebody who claims to know somebody or somebody that does know somebody seizes the opportunity to play off the ignorance the young producer doesn't have the money to play an attorney all they hear is $35,000, $50,000, $100,000, and they sign. And then what ends up happening is five years later, they, they inbox me or DM me and say, hey, I did all these records. Can you help me get paid? 
don't be that guy dealing with me asking me to help you get paid. <laughs> be the producer that's smart. And luckily, and it's a blessing that all the producers that I help listen to me and they're able to really see the results of what I tell people. Mm-hmm. You know, they see that Jalo Beats brought a, a sneaker store in downtown Chester in our hometown. You know, they, they see the actual fruits of me educating these guys and them actually listening which is much more valuable than you taking one hundred thousand dollars up front mm-hmm. so let me gonna let me tell you what's going to happen with your one hundred thousand dollars and me and ill mind kind of talked about mm-hmm. this uh i think after we finished our street fighter game is that that one hundred thousand dollars is so much that gets taken from that okay not only that a traditional publishing deal isn't just going to pay you $100,000 up front, okay? So if you hear somebody say, I signed a $200,000 publishing deal, and they act all high and mighty like they're, you know, God's gift to the <laughs> earth, just, just, you know, give them a pat on the back and wish them the, you know, wish them good luck. <laughs> wish them the best. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen with that with that $250,000. That $250,000 gets split in so many different ways. So many different ways that $250,000 gets split. And by the time you, you're left with anything, you're probably left with maybe $35,000. And the reason that is is because the way t- uh, traditional publishing deals are structured is that there are different terms. So your entire deal may be worth $250,000. And then there's something called option periods. So if you sign the deal, let's say that there's something called the initial option period. So as soon as you sign your, your name on that piece of paper, they say, all right, well, out of this $250,000, we're going to give you $50,000. Okay, you sign off, you get $50,000. You're like, yes, I have $50,000. Now let's talk about Uncle Sam. Okay, <laughs> Uncle Sam needs his 30%. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, so now you're down it. to... What is that? Uh, What, 35000 Yep, yep, down to $35,000. If you have a manager, guess what? They've been That's licking their 20, chops. They 20. know they know what's coming. They're like, listen, <laughs> this kid is hot. But guess what? They take their percentage. And if you don't have a W-9 form to prove that that person took anything from you then guess what somebody took taxable income taxable uh-huh. income mm. from you mm. from you and they may not ever claim you it know let's assume let's mm. assume they didn't take the taxable income so okay. now you're down to now you're down 28,000 yep. 25,000 yep. so pretty down. much half yeah, but then, then you got your entertainment lawyer yep oh yeah don't forget about they might take 5% yeah, oh, 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 oh they, they will they'll what you'll <laughs> see in your deal is the law firm of so and so you know uh, uh, is going to retain 15 thousand dollars out of your deal which i've seen happen a lot i've seen twenty five thousand dollars i've seen thirty thousand dollars being taken out of deals and what ends up happening is that guess what that two hundred fifty thousand dollars gets knocked down to maybe twenty five thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars and that's what you have to live off of as a musician until your next option period until your next which could be more than a year which could be more than a year or Or it could be what i've seen with the older traditional co-pub deals is that some guys never reach their next option period which which takes me into my next point mdrc okay which which uh, we we, i don't want to go too deep today but let's talk about you know what is it minimum delivery requirement commitment commitment. yeah let's talk about that so basically guys so this is what a mdrc is the, a lot of the older traditional publishing deals had MDRCs built into them. And what they are is they're pr- pretty much a way to let you never get out your deal. So with that being said, let's say that your MDRC says that you have to produce a certain amount of songs to receive a point towards 3.0. Okay. So what that means is that each song, instead of like, let's say one song you think is going to be one, but it's not, it actually becomes 0.50. Okay. Now 0.50 that amount of times has to reach three, okay? So with that being said, a lot of times producers use co-producers, so your .50 gets knocked down to .25. Mm-hmm. If you sample, guess what? 
That gets knocked down to .0225 or something like that or .010 or .10. And then what ends up happening is it takes you forever to continue to get album placements to, to fulfill that MDRC. Now, also, let's talk about the type of records that count towards the MDRC. Mm. Not everything counts, okay? So it doesn't matter what type of record it is, whether it's a single, if it's on a mixtape, if it's on a compilation, if it's on any type of novelty album, gospel albums, uh, you know, kids bop, doesn't matter. Guess what? It's not going to count towards your deal. So it could be the biggest hit record of your career, and it may be the only hit record of your career. Mm. And if, as long mm-hmm. as it's on that mixtape, it's not going to count towards your deal. So whatever that little bit of money that you have left over that's supposed to be released, as a result of you fulfilling your contract and fulfilling your MDRC, you'll never see it. What you would see, luckily, if you can recoup, is maybe 50% of your publishing income after your publisher retains their share. So, yep. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really just designed to keep you as long as possible because yeah. basically the publishing company, the longer they have you, the more they can collect. In, over a longer period of time, the more money they can make off of you. Because of that, do you think it's better for up-and-coming producers to just put out their stuff on DistroKid or on TuneCore under their, you know, Joe Schmo record label and just build their catalog, build the on, catalog and put it on the all these platforms I mean, so that people will oh, come to man. them down the road? Listen, all of the producers that have, a lot of these guys that are helped that have big deals, would kill to get out of their deals right now if they could just do an administration deal. Mm. If only they knew that half their money would be gone. If only they knew that they would never be able to fulfill this MDRC. If only they knew they would be doing all the work and that somebody else would be taking more than half, they would wait and sign an administration deal. So all you guys that are lucky enough not to have deals and have placements, some of you probably feel as though, oh, well, you know, I'm in a bad place. I have all these placements and I have nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. Guess what? As long as you align yourself with a great publishing administration company, nine months later, maybe a year later, you're, look, you're looking at a nice fat check. And guess yep. what? You own your copyright, and it, it all belongs to you. Somebody's yep. only taking 10%. Then the terms, all depending, the terms on the administration deal may say that you may be in contract for three years. Traditionally, with CoPub, we're talking five years. And then not only that, after you're out your deal, if you're lucky enough to get out your deal, they can retain the copyright ownership share for at least another what five or ten twenty years that little sunset clause yep yep yep. i've seen 20 years i've seen 10 years so you never really own what you own and what belongs to you and listen guys put it this way like there's publishing deals are not bad there's bad publishing deals and there's good ones as well but i think uh and and and, you know let me know if you agree with me lamont like I think the way you sort of have to think of a publishing deal is the more money I take up front, I'm going to have to pay for. So it's really just ends up being a loan. And that's That's why, Mm -hmm. in theory, an administrative type of publishing deal kind of is the safest and works best because you, if you have publishing value, that money will will come to you. You've already made that money. Absolutely. You don't and, but it. you just you you just will receive it a little bit slower right. and over more time. Right. The advance is really just money now that you've already earned. Right. You know, except that you're making significantly less because they're just gonna probably rape you. Yeah, and I forget what the number is. I, uh, when you get an advance from a pub, I believe it's like. 25% of what they think they can make out of you or something like no, that. No, it's basically what in Lamont. It? What's yeah, the number? What this is, is number? what I this is this is kind of what I was Here, told. For hearsay. Yeah, yeah, like let like let's say you get offered a publishing deal of uh $100,000. 
the publishing company already made an assessment that you're already worth 100,000. So, or no, I think no, it's 200,000. Yeah, two so or double three. the amount. Yeah, two or three. So yeah. in signing you, they've already recouped. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. And not only yeah. that, remember that, that you have to recoup against your share. Against so. your share. <laughs> So, against yeah, your share. So meanwhile, the publishing oh, company is God. continuing to make money. You know, yeah, they're going to make man. money. No Hence, matter why what. an MDRC is so fucked up, but oh, so genius. It is. It is. It is, it is <laughs> man. It's a great game, and so whoever figured it out and whoever thought about it, you yeah. know, as a businessman, I, you know, hats off Kudos. to them. You know, but you know, you just got to educate yourself. That when you mm. educate yourself on this stuff, it'll change your mind and it'll change your career. You know, and that's all you have to do. You know, if you sign a con- if you sign a bad contract, guys, it's not the end of the world. But there are ways to get through bad contracts. So even if you never fulfill your MDRC, if you can get to a recoup status, at least you'll be making money some mm-hmm. some somehow some way. You know, so it's not the end of the world. Like I said, I do have producers that I help that have major deals and that we have been able to get them to be able to recoup those advances that they receive when they initially sign and they're sitting back and they're chilling and they're enjoying their money that comes in every quarter or every half amazing so if if there's a producer that's listening to this episode uh, and they want to inquire with you about that is this like a public thing or is it like are you very choosy with this so so, yeah let me talk about that so initially Mm -hmm. when i first started this thing um like i said the, the the initial goal was to help a select few producers understand the publishing business because like i said you know any the, the, the deals are out there, and I'm not going to badmouth any company point blank, period, because you sign what you sign. So with that being said, you just have to educate yourself on the business. So I've worked with initially with only producers and songwriters with like Grammy nominations, platinum, gold selling. And then I had an epiphany in late December that, hey, this stuff needs to be public. Mm-hmm. OK, I'll tell you, it's been the best decision that I've made in terms of the company and what we offer, because the immense amount of support and the immense amount of people that email us every day for consultations and, mm-hmm. you know, contact me via DM and just want to learn what we do or get a consultation is just astronomical. And it wouldn't be that way if we didn't offer it mm-hmm. to the general public. You know, I didn't want to be that guy that felt like I was on some high horse and right. you know felt like I was high and mighty above the average producer or bedroom producer because everybody starts out in the bedroom. No, nope. mm-hmm. in my opinion nobody's better than anybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's no reason why, you know, I'll work with a producer with a gold and platinum record and not work with a guy that has immense potential. Yep. You know, because that guy with the immense potential was is is pr- pr- practically that guy with the gold and platinum records was that guy with the immense mm-hmm. potential. Of course. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's really helping save people's lives and you know it and that's what I would want to be remembered for more than anything, more more than money or anything like yeah. that. You know, educating people. It's funny. It, it's funny when you do when you educate and when you give back out of passion, the universe chooses to pay you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Because that's, you're when you don't do it for the money, you start making more of it. Absolutely. It's very absolutely bizarre. Yeah, and absolutely. And it's, it's funny that you mention that because when I first started it, I didn't want any money. I didn't want any money. I just wanted to help somebody, mm-hmm. you know. And it kind of snowballed into something much, much more than that, which has led to you know me having relationships with some of the biggest executives in the music industry who feel the same way. Surprisingly, yeah. you know, you'll be shocked at how many mm-hmm. people actually feel the exact same way mm-hmm. you know that you do about the current state of the music industry and music producers and songwriters and some of these guys work at some of the best publishers in the business mm-hmm. so it's not just me you know I, I just felt as though somebody on the inside and like you ill mind you know speaking to songwriters and producers I felt like somebody needed to speak up on the business end mm-hmm. because this is how you guys are going to get paid mm-hmm. and this is what's going to pay your mortgage this is what's going to send your kids to college yep. you know this is what's going to 
help you buy your first house you know and if you know it well and you just let's say that even if you just know the the fundamental basics of it you can literally build an empire with it is that yep. important it's the reason why these billion dollar companies exist because they know it you yep. know it's time for you guys to know it too and, and here's the other thing about it there's enough money for everybody there's <laughs> more than enough money there's for everybody enough and for everybody. i will because we, we ran out of time but i will say just to add on to that and kind of end it off um, and I'm going to quote this from Dr. Dre mm -hmm. and from my man Royce to five nine. Mm -hmm. Money is very easy to make, yeah, mm -hmm. but very difficult to keep. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. the, the the trick to this whole shit is to make the money and to fucking keep it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Because it's really hard to keep. No. If you can keep the money, you're good. Yeah. Oh. Thank you, Jay. Yo, listen. First off, thank you, man, so hey, much man, for being no on the problem, show today. Bro. Like, I know we can go on for at least four yeah. weeks straight. Yeah, no. guys. Um, real quick before we go, though, because we're going to wrap, tell people where they could find yep. you. To tell your social media, how can people reach out to you? If I'm an upcoming producer and I need your services, how can I reach you? So the best way to reach us right now, because right now this this guy right here that's with me right now, uh, Hassan Jackson, we're helping. He's helping me develop the the actual uh, grades firm website. Like I said before, mm -hmm. you had to get to know somebody to get to know me. So now we're we're done with that. So Shout the best way to find me is through Instagram. Lamont underscore Tandem And Tandem is actually The record label Myself and Jalo Beats oh. And uh, our other partners started So that's the best way To find me Shoot How do you spell DM. Tandem? Uh, T-A-N-D-E-M So okay. it's Lamont L-A-M-O-N-T yep. Underscore Tandem, tandem. Yep Lamont yep. Tandem Yep So a couple shout outs Shout out Rock Nation Shout um, out Rock Nation Who gave Jalil his his chance, which is uh has been a complete blessing. Shout out to Jalil, man. Shout out to You guys got to come back with Jalil. Oh, man. oh, oh, absolutely. I, I got the beat bully too. His uh, little brother who did Dreams mm. and Nightmares yep. week. Yep. Um, and I got so many. So you know, shout out to all the producers out there. First and foremost, you guys that are listening to this and wondering if you can make it in the industry, you can do it. You can do you it. You can facts. do it. That's just just get to it. That's all you got to do. Facts. Facts. Thousand percent facts. Let's give it. Factory. Let's give, a warm, factory. Oh, let's give a warm round of applause for Lamont Graves. Got the tandem. Absolutely. Tandem. Yes, sir. Educating chat. one producer at a time. Let's get it. Let's go. Yes, we'll see y'all beautiful people next week. Make sure you subscribe right. to right. us, and uh, we'll talk soon. Peace. All right. Peace. Awesome.